But if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We'll be reading, starting with verse uh, 24. And do continue to pray for these eyeballs. I, uh, I mean, hey, I got, I got glasses on, supposed to be able to read, and the words sometimes just run together, and so... I'm a looking and a staring at it, trying to get a word to come up. It's probably that I don't know the word. I'm just waiting for it to get clear enough to where I can uh, see it. Jesus is doing the talking here. He says, no man, no man can serve two masters. There's a colon there. There's no use to question that. Because you and I cannot do it. You never ever will be able to do it. I wouldn't even attempt to do it. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money or anything else that would take the place of of God Almighty. You can't do it. And because, Jesus said, because of that, he says, therefore I say unto you, take, thank you, sir, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by having and by taking thought, can add one cubic to your statue? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the For the morrow, for the morrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, I pray that you'd help us to see what you'd have us to see in your word today. Lord, disuse me as as your instrument today. Lord, whatever happens in you today is your business because it's your word. And these are your people and I am your servant. And God, we'll just thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. I believe there is a sin today that sometimes you and I are very unaware of. 
and that's the sin of worry. And sometimes, and you know, we may not think of sin, uh, of, of worry being a sin, but if we, are, if we are worrying, then we're not putting our faith in the Lord, right? Keep up with me now. You'd say something or raise your hand or, or nod your head or do something, wiggle. If we're worrying, we're not trusting the Lord because God knows everything. You know, someone made mention, um, how many of you made promises uh, in the second overtime of the Georgia game? Make any promises? <laughs> I did. I said, I promise not to watch another one. I'm just joking. <laughs> but we worry. We worry. You know, I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand. I wouldn't even ask you to admit that you worried over the ball game, okay? We worry. Listen, we worry more about the families whose loved one has died more than we worry over the lost. You know, I, I pray, Lynn and I, we pray every morning together, and, and I have caught myself not even thinking about the lost. And that is more important than anything. The lost being saved is more important than me being able to see clearly. Because, hey, these eyes aren't going to heaven anyway. But that soul of that lost person is going to hell if we don't talk to them, pray for them, encourage them. I mean, it is, it's, listen, it is a tough time. And I've told you before and I'll tell you again, if you don't have at least one lost friend, then you ain't doing what God's called you to do. One lost friend that you're trying to deal with. And, and every time I go to my lost friends, I'm thinking, Lord, what, what else can I do? What else can I say to this person that might encourage them to get their act together, to get their lives straightened out for the glory of God? What can I do? And hey, I'm at the age now, I, I just try anything. What have I got to lose? You know, just tell it like it is. And you'll be telling it like it was when Jesus said, unless, unless you believe, you're going to be lost. It is a sin to worry. I, I, the Bible don't say anything about Abraham worrying, okay? But I, I thought about Abraham in, in reading and writing up on this subject of, of worry being a sin. Abraham got a word from God. God simply said, Abraham, I want you to take your son. I want you to take your only son. I want you to take your only son whom you love. And I want you to go up the mountain. And I want you to sacrifice him on an altar for me. That's what I want you to do, Abraham. Hey, that's, that's plain. There's no trying to figure out and Abraham did exactly what God said to do. And he had a son. <clears throat> Abraham's son was obedient unto his daddy. He went with him. But you remember, Isaac said, hey, dad, 
And we got the wood. We, we go get, have the fire. We, we built it. We're going to have an altar. Well, where's the sacrifice? I don't know. The Bible don't say. But I can't help but think that Abraham might have been a little concerned. Maybe even worried. Hey, I've only had him for a few years. And you're asking me to, to kill him? Remember? Knife is raised. Everything is perfect in order to take his life. But God had a better idea. It wasn't, listen, it wasn't so God could see just how dedicated Abraham was. Because God knew. But it was to prove to Abraham he was doing what God said to do. And listen, it don't have to make sense, y'all. I mean, it don't have to make sense. I mean, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go for my pre-op on Wednesday. One hour, one hour before. I, I mean, I was in love with the pot. Hello? When I got my breath, I told Lynn, I said, you call and counsel. That's all I can say. Well, God must have had a better idea. I don't know what that is yet, but it'll come. He said he would leave me. He would not forsake me. He would go before me. And someone said, you know, that doctor that day might not have been exactly physically ready. You never know. But we'll see. But God gave Abraham instructions and he followed it right to the letter up to the very second. And God fixed things. Webster, Webster says that worry will annoy you. Webster says that worry is like a plague. You'll feel sicker than sick, but it won't do you any good. And when it's all over, you know, I think sometimes people, people are so concerned. I wish they were, but they're so worried and then when everything's going good, they worry about what they're going to worry about. You know, hey, what is tomorrow going to be? Oh, I dread to go to the office tomorrow. Oh, I dread to go on the job site tomorrow. Oh, I dread to go here and go there. I just dread to go. Well, dreading is not going to help it. Now, listen, I didn't say that we didn't worry. I said, I believe it's a sin to worry. How you keep from it? Trust in the Lord. Day in, day out. Hey, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. Be there and be there faithful for the Lord. So let's look at the sin of worry. I think about this. Some men worry about going bald. Hey, some men worry about it turning colors. Well, you know, one thing's for sure. It's either going to turn colors or turn loose. Okay, it's going to do that. Some of us, some of you are living proof. It's going to happen. The daddy didn't have a hair on his head. He was slick, peel bald. His son's hair was down to his shoulders. He said, son, why don't you get a haircut? Why don't you get a haircut? Well, finally the son said, daddy, listen, listen. I'm doomed. I'm going to grow it while I can. Hey, 
I don't blame him. Grow it while you can. I may not say this right. How do you pronounce K-I-W-I? Hello? That's a shoe polish, isn't it? Huh? Right? Oh, come on. Y'all know it is. Huh? Yes, a fruit too, but I'm talking about black shoe polish. Brother James probably knows who I'm talking about, but we got a pastor and his wife in our association. I declare they use it. <laughs> Lynn got all over me one time because I asked him, I said, is that kiwi polish you using? But oh, he knows I love him. He knows I love him, but I, I tease him about his jet black hair. Man, that age ain't no way his hair can be that black. I believe even the blackest cat you could pick out has got some gray somewhere or another. Ha. We worry about every little wart going to turn to a cancer. And I've heard some of you ladies say, I can't go out till I get my face on. All right, Dave, what do we spend on cosmetics? <laughs> Hey, the more I look in the mirror, I see my daddy standing there. Good night and all this, you know, here you are. You, you try to shave and you got a valley here and a, a hump up there. And first thing, it doesn't cut the top of the mountain off, you know. You just That's the way it goes. If your faith is smooth and, and just soft, y'all just sit around and rub it. I, I try not to do this. That thing's getting worse and worse. Ah, anybody got one of them? You reach up there and flop it, worry about it. Oh, what's this going to turn to? I don't know. You know, there's no use of worrying about it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Some of you wouldn't leave the house without checking the mirror four or five times, and then you forgot what it looked like. That's what the Bible says. We look in a mirror, and we turn and walk away and forget what it looked like. You know, hey, did I comb my hair? Golly. I have seen this with my own eyes. We're in heavy traffic. How about four lanes of traffic? We're making 50 to 60 mile an hour, just bumper to bumper. The visor's down, the mirror's up, glancing up and down and putting this on and that on. I'm thinking, good night. They're going to look pretty when they get to the mortuary if they don't look pretty nowhere else. I mean... Wow. Yeah, that's, what, oh, that's what I say. <laughs> Man. And we men do the same thing. I've seen looking in the mirror going down the road trying to fix this. Hey. Be like some of my friends. I call her spooky. I mean, it's just a, it's the hairstyle. It's like firecracker. <laughs> you know. I just call her spooky. I, I'm going to ask Mac a personal thing. Did you, by chance, see Henry Weinecker on Prices Right? Check that hairdo out. I mean, it looked like something from outer space. He went to school with, with Mac and Caleb. He was on the Prices Right, old Henry. <laughs> oh, well. What I want to try to do, let me, let me help you today. I, I'm do, trying to help myself, too. We need to, first of all, we need to decide who or what to follow. Verse 24 is very plain, very plain. 
No man can serve two masters. You cannot serve the Lord and the devil at the same time. He tells us we can't. He said, you either going to love one and despise the other. You're going to hate one. You cannot serve two masters. That's why God said it's not good for a man to be alone. I'm going to make him a helpmate. One woman, one man, and one household is enough. Hello? Can't serve two masters. We need to decide who we're going to follow. We're going to follow God. We're going to follow man. Um, Sometimes we follow our wild desires and our wild notions. Secondly, it's a sin to worry, so we need to decide who we're going to follow. Secondly, decide what to feed ourselves. Verse 25, the very first part, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for the life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink. Have you ever in your life, us who are older, seen so many varieties of food and drinks? I mean, go to the grocery store and, and just walk down through the produce. My, that stuff there I didn't know existed. Anybody know what rebar, rhubarb is? Not rebar, rhubarb. <laughs> lady fixed me rhubarb pie one time. Ooh, I could have whistled forever. But varieties of food, and you go to a restaurant, hey, I... I remember when you went to a restaurant, you either got a hamburger or a hot dog. Hello? Now, I mean, that's your choices. Hot dog, hamburger, Pepsi, Coke. Boom. Thank the Lord somebody came out with Mountain Dew. <laughs> but varieties, varieties of the food and the drink that's out there for us, we need to decide, you know, well, we're going to feed ourselves. I've heard it said this way, you are what you eat. I like chicken. Go around like this. Just do it like that. You know, I, I do. I don't worry about becoming the chicken. I just enjoy the chicken and the food and the drink. I asked for sweet tea, and they brought a glass, and I, they set it down, and I took a shot of it, and I told Lynn, I said, this tea has never seen sugar. <laughs> but, you know, we, we take tea, and we boil it, don't we? And then we put ice in it to cool it down. And then we put sugar in it to make it sweet. And then we squirt lemon juice in it. I, when are we going to get it settled, Okay. Well, it's food and drink. And he said, you need to decide what you're going to feed your body. Let me tell you a third thing. We need to decide what, what to wear. God has blessed me, my goodness. I, if Lynn irons one more shirt, it's going to have to hang on a doorknob. I mean, God has blessed me. And she still says sometimes, you, you, you might need a new shirt. I said, look, I... I won't wear out these shirts if I live to be a hundred. And t-shirts, I, I bet there's a stack that tall. There ain't nobody, well, there's not many people my size. Okay? 
<laughs> I'm shrinking. I, work, I started out wearing a 34-30. Then I went to 29. And Josh bought me a pair of overalls for Christmas. 34-29. I'm walking on two inches under my shoe. I'm thinking, my God, surely not. I'm down to about a 27. I mean... I'm going to be as wide as I am tall if he keeps squatting. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the Bible said, don't, don't worry about uh, what you're going to eat. And he says, also, what can you do about your height? You know, <laughs> I can't do a thing about my height. My license says I'm 5'6". I'm glad that, Kevin, I'm glad you don't pull out that tape measure up. You're not 5'6". Uh-uh, I'm about 5'4". I mean, I'm a slowly shrinking. I get in the car, and I'm trying to get the seat up high enough and the steering wheel down where I can see over it. I may, I may have to go to a cushion. So I need to be worrying, okay? I need to be worrying if they'll have a jack-up type of jack-up seat, you know. They got vibrating seats, heating seats. I need one where I can push a button and go, you know, up. Be, be, it'd be my look, though I'd be worried about having a flat seat. You know, a flat tire goes flat, seat go flat. He said, don't worry about the, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. And then a thing you can do about your height. Now, I can do something about this and about this. You know, I can do something about that out in the front and that out in the behind. I can, I can, I can slack up on groceries. And that's another thing. You know, our freezers... Are running over. Uh, at the house, we'll say it's in the freezer, and then the next question is, which one? You know, we we got more than one freezer. We got more stuff than we can use, and we we sit down and try to make a list. Of what am I going to buy at the grocery store? Also, listen. We need to decide what to do. Well, Jesus knew we was going to have this problem. So he tells us what we need to do, beginning in verse 26. I'm not going to read these verses again, but I'm just going to tell you what's there. First word you see is behold. What does that mean? Look, go hunt. And what he's saying there in that verse, he said, I want you to go to the forest and find you some birds. Notice the activity of the birds. I forget what I was looking for one night. I, I know I don't deal. Yes, I was. I was looking to find out where this rooster was roosting because I wanted to catch him and put him back in there with his girlfriend. And so I'm out in the, in the woods out there shining the light up, and here sits this one little bird. It was roosting. It was just sitting there all by itself. I just shined a light on this, looked at it. He said his little head right there like, what, man, what are you doing in here? You know, the Bible, Jesus said, go to the forest and look at the fowl. Notice the birds. What does it say a bird don't do? Read, tell me something, what a bird don't do according to Scripture. You just shout it out. They don't what? So. <clears throat> Somebody say, oh, yeah, they do, too. I didn't have a cedar down this fence line. Them birds eat seed, come over here and squatted in there. 
What does the Bible say? They don't sow. What else does it say they don't do? They don't. It says they don't. I've never, ever seen a bird with a backpack on, have you? Man, I'm going to sit down and rest. His backpack getting too heavy, you know, here. Uh-uh. Because they don't carry one with them. Why don't they carry one with them? Why don't they sow? Tell me quickly, why? A father feeds them. He said, you don't think that I care more about you than birds? I'm going to feed you. Well, he says, not only should you, I want you to go down into the forest and notice the birds, but I want you to go out into the field and find you some flowers. Now, artificial flowers are beautiful. Yeah, they're artificial. That's okay. At least we got some. But go to the field and look at the lilies. Look at the flowers. Now, artists can paint. And whatever you, a florist can do this. But they cannot produce a real, genuine flower that smells sweet. But my Heavenly Father, Jesus said, when you go down there and look at that, you're going to see. But he said, I want to tell you something. Solomon was very wealthy. He could have anything he wanted. But everything he had was near what those lilies are. Oh, you have little faith. If I care about the birds and I care about the lilies, you need to decide who you're going to follow. Because, he said, I care about you. Another last thing here. We need to decide how we want to live and how we want to prosper. Mac, I remember this verse from way back in Earl's Grove when you were youth pastor and you had this printed on T-shirts, Matthew 6, 33. Seek. Now that word, but seek, seek is a, like a hunting term, okay? You go out and you seek the deer. You seek the birds. You seek the rabbits or the bear, whatever it is. You're hunting. You're seeking. He says, seek ye first. Not if you have time. Not second, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're saved today, we are part of the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and what does it say? And his what? Righteousness. Not mine. Hey, I like to think I'm pretty good, but hey, you know that pretty good? You know what the Bible says that pretty good is? Like filthy rags. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things. The things is all that above there. What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to look like, what your hair going to be, what your smell going to be, all this drink, your food, all these things, verse 33 says, shall, that's a future word, that means not only, hey, Not only right now, but out yonder also shall be added unto you. Not taken away. So Jesus finishes up right here and he says, take therefore no thought. He's saying, don't you even worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow shall take care of the things of itself. Right now, this very moment, sufficient, what does he say? Sufficient unto the day. That's this day. In fact, this is the only day I've got. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow never comes. I only have today sufficient unto this very day is the evil thereof. The evil thereof. I don't have to tell you the the evil that's in our world today. I mean, it's running rampant. And I hope, I hope that we will take a child's name and put it with our devotional Bible and pray for that child every day. And if we feel led to give them something, give it to them out of heart of love. You'll never know. Let me tell you a true story right quick as I finish. Some of you remember Jimmy Bowman downtown. He and I sang together to choir when we were members down there. And every Sunday, Jimmy come in. He'd reach in that pocket and hand me a piece of bubble gum. And he gave kids bubble gum. Well, that's, at that funeral service, I, I, I helped conduct the service. I didn't preach it, okay? He preached his own service. But I asked, was there anybody in that congregation that would like to speak? This young man came up. He was about 17, way up here. He come up and stood beside me, and he started. He said, I want to tell you all something. When I was a little boy, all the way up to now, he said, Jimmy Bowman come and pick me up every Sunday and brought me to church. He said, if there was a Clemson ball game at home, Jimmy Bowman come and got me and carried me to the ball game. These little children's names, you'll never, ever know what it will do for them in the future to know that somebody cared enough just to pray. Just to pray. Now, you don't take those uh, little names to go out and worry over the kids when you can pray. Think good things. Avoid evil things. Jesus is not saying here now, I I got this idea sometime when I was looking at this. Jesus is not saying, don't plan. He's saying, don't worry. And you know what I thought about? Worry is like being in a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. If you start right here rocking, unless you got a rocker like I got one, it'll just walk around. You know, you rocking and just moving around and get to pull it over here and you keep rocking and here it goes again. But it's still, it'll just give you something to do. It'll not get you anywhere. I beg you this morning, put away worry and trust the Lord. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that he can do what he wants to do in your life, no matter what it is, so he can get all the glory and the praise for it. You don't have to worry whether you're going to heaven or not. You need to you need to worry, hey, am I saved or am I lost? You need to make that decision today. You need to decide, hey, I've never been saved. Okay, and you ought to be really worried about hell. Because that's where you're headed. Well, why worry about hell when you can put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and make plans to go to heaven when it's all over? I beg you. I beg you, seek the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Thank you for the privilege this morning to call you our Father. Thank you for the privilege to look into your holy word. And God, I pray that you'd help me not to be concerned about what I'm going to wear or what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to drink, but be concerned about the lost and where you'd have me to be and what you'd have me to say and what you want me to do, not only today, but the next days is coming. Father, speak to our people. Give them courage this morning to come to this altar for whatever reason they need to come. Lord, if there's anyone here lost, God, I pray that you'd help them to to meet me at the altar here as you're already here. I pray if there's any here that's not close to you as they ought to be, and Lord, that, that stands for all of us, that we would come to this altar and ask you to forgive us of our sins and cleanse our heart and hear our prayer. Lord, if there's anyone here that feels led to join today, God, we just we would gladly accept them. I just pray that your will be done, Lord, and I pray that you'd help us to put aside worry because it is like a plague and to put faith in its place. We ask this all in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.